Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris and we're indoors on a perfect day. Uh, I'm not staying at my house at the moment because we've got the painters in and they're spending four days uh, completely repainting the internals of, the, of my apartment. And well, I thought the better thing to do was to abandon ship and leave rather than have them have to put everything back. There are, uh, uh, it's astonishing the workmanship these days. These two people have no English. They uh, uh, look to me to be Chinese. Their boss is an entrepreneur, a Chinese entrepreneur. I, I assume that, and uh, that may be an insult to them. I don't know, but I'm assuming. The painters are a husband and wife, and uh, strong as strong, but so gorgeous and polite and disciplined and their attention to detail is second to none. And this is a stark contrast to the other tradespeople we get coming through our apartment. Um, sometimes the plumbers are just minimalist. They do the minimal they can and get out the front door. Um, we had uh, some people install a kitchen stove recently and man, if they could have thrown it from the front door to the kitchen, they would have done that. Um, we had plumbing fixed which was not fixed properly we had a gas leak as a result of a plumber who put the stove in and didn't quite connect up all the pipes uh, properly uh, we had a maintenance guy come in to uh, repair the woodwork around the stove and it, it really he may as well have used a, a chainsaw and an axe uh, for the quality of work and these are typically Aussie um, tradies and it compared to this Asian culture that comes to us with people who are absolutely dead keen to earn a living, to put their feet on the ground in a new environment, new country, and bring their kids into a new world, they just really are driven. And I remember when I was a young kid in Melbourne, and we had uh, I lived in North Bourne which at the time, which now is the salubrious suburb, but at the time was basically orchards and there was nothing uh, that was the most outermost suburb of Melbourne. There was no Doncaster shopping town and there was no Box Hill and all these things were, were oh, well, I suppose Box Hill was there, but it was a shadow of itself. And then there was Fern Tree Gully. But anyway, over our way, between North Bourne and uh, Eltham and Warrandyte, where all the hippies lived, um, there was nothing and we used to go bike riding out there through the orchards and pinch all the fruit well not all but pinch fruit and just uh, have have the time of our lives over my back fence were a couple of newly built houses but pretty much the streets were abandoned uh, they were property estates that some entrepreneur was was creating we didn't have a septic a sewage system and so we had a, a pot that we'd fill up with crap all week and then uh, have to take it up the side of the house for the um, the poo man to collect the bins like the rubbish tins these days, but he, he didn't pour them into the back of the truck. Of course, he just loaded the old one and put a new one in the in its place and we would have to wheel, uh, 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 skateboard that thing into, into, into place in the house. So Northbourne, uh, 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 was where I grew up and then we would have what we called the Itais and the Greeks and they lived in places, inner city places that were a lot, lot, lot cheaper 
And these were the new immigrants of the time and they were the hard-working people. They were the people who had moved from Europe to Australia and needed to stamp their new life and were willing to work hard. So none of the hard work was done by Aussies once again. It was done by new Aussies. And these people who immigrated and worked their ass off to, in the worst jobs, in the street jobs, in the in the construction jobs and and certainly in little tuck shops uh, fish and chip shops that you know at that time were less anything uh, they were uh, they were overheated uh, little places and they bought their beautiful uh, uh, love for food and and good things into those shops and and we were jealous and they earned more money and they built really nice houses in Northbourne and eventually we were surrounded by the people who used to fight in street gangs that evolved and then eventually we had uh, the uh, big immigration by Vietnamese and Vietnamese people again became the construction workers and the, and the, and the food workers and the hard workers and the long hour workers because they again had to stamp their uh, uh, new template upon a new country with very little resource and they worked so hard. And so like these Chinese people in my house, I've got nothing but admiration and respect they work seven till seven. They are diligent in detail. They are so polite, so caring and kind. They, their footprint is next to zero. They are just so respectful and so careful about what they do. And yet the quality of work is supreme. I really admire this couple, this husband and wife who are the painters because they obviously are new to this country and are really committed to staying here and building a building the wealth that's necessary to create a home uh, that they would uh, have a mortgage on and not rent and uh, and put their mark in a new country in a new world they don't speak a single word of english and that must make getting around really hard i only talk about this because I think it's really important to observe the beauty that's around us and be aware of the opportunity to be thankful for things that are different and rather than to be welded into a model of how it used to be or a model of how it should be or could be is to see the remarkable state of how things are and that's really important as you know from the work you've learnt from me from Inner Wealth and we've worked on the inner mind, we, we work at three different uh, levels and each time we improve in each of the three different levels, we become aware of the opportunity to even do better in each of the three different levels. And this opportunity is an opportunity to raise our wealth, raise our, our love for life, raise our health, raise our contribution to life and raise our service to the world. So the first one we learn is how to recover on a daily basis and bounce back from a hard day's work. And we've called that the back on track process or the daily power hour. And if, if you were a sports person and you were training every day and you had another training to do tomorrow, it would be critical that you recuperate, recover and rebuild yourself ready for tomorrow's training session. But that's relatively easy on a physical plane because you can measure those things with a Garmin and you can measure them with an aura ring and you can measure your 
physical deterioration and its rebuilding and the need for rest. But on a mental level, such scores are not necessarily so easy to find. You might find blood pressure, you might find agitation. They're more subjective um, uh, measures. You know, if you're grumpy, if you feel addicted to some alcohol at night and you can't go to bed without it or you can't sleep, these are all signs that you're, you are not uh, turning up at home after work or at work the next day in a recovered state. And so what we did is we at Inner Wealth built what's called the back on track process. And in the 30 day challenge, we teach the back on track process. The back on track has six steps. You may remember these. And the purpose of each step is to rebuild, rejuvenate and recover you on a daily basis so that you bounce back tomorrow in a better and, uh, and more evolved, if you want to call it that, state than you were today. In other words, you recover, recuperate, just like an athlete has to in order to go into training for day two. We don't have the blessing of what they call uh, tapering in a sports person's life. They taper for three to five days before an event so that they build up reserves for a very special day. In work life, every day is a very special day and our our tapering is our evening. And that evening means we taper off from high energy TV and uh, video and uh, phone calls and emails. We taper off over a period of hours and then we slide into the bed we get that necessarily mental and physical re rejuvenation. We get spiritual recovery and we wake up in the morning what should be in a great state of enthusiasm looking forward to the day ahead. Now this would be the perfect outcome of the perfect process for recovery on a daily basis. We've called it back on track to give it a fairly simple language and it really means what it says. It means I don't want to get off track by Friday in order to have to rebuild myself over the weekend for Monday because that's a waste of an opportunity. It's certainly a waste of a weekend. But more than that, and what's worse than that, is if we start deteriorating our re recovery from Monday and we don't rebuild ourselves and don't turn up refreshed and rejuvenated on Tuesday, Wednesday becomes the culmination of Monday's uh, unfinished business, Tuesday's unfinished business. By Wednesday, we start looking for a glass of wine or something, or we start hankering, panicking about making it to the weekend. Thursday becomes a shit fight. It only survives because most people get paid on a Thursday. And Friday becomes heaven on earth because it's only a few hours till Saturday, at which time we will run around looking after the kids or burning ourselves out doing some sport, thinking that this is what's needed to enhance our life, but not necessarily respecting the fact that Monday morning at 7 or 8 a.m., we're going to have to be in a meeting somewhere sometime in an absolutely turned up 110% available, enthusiastic state of mind ready for work, which is how we live our lives. And so back on track basically assumes that there is a, a, a period of time every day that we can spend that guarantees, as long as we do it every day, that guarantees the next day 
will not be a cul uh, the addition or the culmination of unfinished business from the day before. Remember, stress is cumulative. And if we're stressed on Monday on, and we don't deal with it on Monday, Tuesday, that stress adds to Tuesday's stress to become double stress or distress by Tuesday night. And by Wednesday, we're in a state of mess. So we've got stress, distress, big mess. And by Thursday, we're in uh, Congress, compress, digress. And Friday, we're buggered. So you can see that it, 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 it's really important to your career that you learn a process every day of rebuilding and rejuvenating mentally, physically, and spiritually. Now, I know that most people would have some activities such as going for a run or eating a nice meal or watching TV or having a massage or going to yoga that they would call rejuvenation. The problem with this is that there are seven areas of life, seven aspects of life, seven components of a human being's uh, existence, and each one of them needs its own particular attention. I built the back on track process knowing that a lot of the accumulated stress we get can be prevented before it accumulates. In other words, we can prevent the decay by not necessarily always addressing the effect by going to a yoga to calm down, but by preventing it happening in the first place. The stress that I'm talking about, emotion, adds no value to our day, adds no value to our work, adds no value to our output, and yet costs us enormously. So the first step in the back on track was and is about judgment, about thought process about mindset about preventing anger before we get angry about thinking with realistic expectations instead of trying to recover from the anger that we've caused ourselves by holding on fast to a belief that's inappropriate so the first step every day is to do a little bit of discard which i which means discard your judgments discard some of the emotions discard these things and get back and park your brain in a calm, quiet place. The second step was the health side, and everybody knows the benefit of going for a good stiff walk or a bit of a jog or getting on a turbo for 20 minutes or so every single day. Gets your body, uh, refreshes it, it circulates, it gets your metabolism up, it gets, your, uh, uh, it, it gets the evolution of your immune system, up, which is really important these days with this COVID trouble we've got. And, and so this 20 to 30 minutes a day, it's included in the power hour of some form of outdoor exercise, nothing indoors, fresh air, doesn't matter if it's raining, doesn't matter if it's hailing, doesn't matter if it's lightning, there's a place somewhere, somehow that you can breathe fresh air from the, from the sky uh, even if you live in uh, New York in an apartment, we still were able to step outside the front door in six, in two meters of snow, six feet of snow, and, and throw a snowball for 10 minutes. There is a way during the day to rejuvenate your DNA, to rejuvenate your, 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 your immune system, and to circulate the lymph, which has no pump in your body, but there's more lymph in your body than blood. And that lymph in your body requires some degree of movement, some degree of moving around. So rather than curative, I'm talking about preventative. 
The third thing was to, is on a daily basis in the back on track, was to focus very strongly on the environment and making sure your environment is decluttered, uh, your files are decluttered, your mind is decluttered, your to-do list is decluttered, your diary is decluttered, and so everything is neatly and tidily presented to you so that your mind can be calm and centered and balanced in its approach to life. Now, if you have scattered thoughts and scraps of, scraps of paper and you don't have a journal and you're not writing down your to-do list and your thoughts and your inspired feelings and, and all these things on a daily basis, if you're not doing your affirmations, if you're not doing your visualization on a daily basis and you're not going over your vision statement and you think you are in a state of, of complete poverty, in a state of complete chaos, in a state of complete disarray, and there is no way that you can be productive, turn up and have a great day under those circumstances. So this discipline of keeping your files and your clothes and your kitchen and your house and your bike and, and your car uh, clean and tidy and organized and throwing out things you don't need and decluttering, uh, this process is all inclusive, including the environmental aspect of seeing the beauty of nature because it's reflected in your life. The fourth aspect of this back on track process that you learn in the 30 day challenge is values. Now, it's a really interesting understanding that a human being who works on what other people call important, but it's not important to them, is, is, is pleasing others, but actually pissing themselves off. And in the process of pissing ourselves off, we start to become, we do things begrudgingly. We say, oh, because, I, because they're my boss, I'll do it. Because uh, uh, this is required of me, I'll do it. Because this is my job and how I get paid, I do it. And anybody who approaches life with, I want to do the minimum to get the maximum pay, I want to do as little as I can, um, uh, with as least quality as I can, to serve other people as little as I can in order to get the most money I can, has lost the plot completely. They are lowering their self-worth and self-destroying themselves in the process of earning an income. We are, with, with the values orientation of the human condition, and this was put in, the, in every piece of humanity from the beginning, and, and it will be there at the end. We each have a unique uh, thumbprint-specific value set. And when we're on value, which means we're both intrinsically and ex extrinsically doing what we love, we build our self-worth and we do an exceptional job of doing it, even if we might do it only four hours a day. We are committed to delivering value for money. And this value for money is called enterprise. And this enterprise is called self-respect. And so we respect ourselves for delivering value for money. Now, trickery and marketing and, 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 and uh, chest beating and uh, it, it claims for uh, unfairness and, and emotions, these things go against the tide of feeling great about living a day of your life. And therefore, it's really important to uh, understand your values, understand what, how to link your values to whatever you do, make sure you stay on value, stay on purpose, stay on, and the highest value is your purpose, how you stay on value doing what you do. The next one of the series is, of course, your vision. Now, people go in the direction of their dominant thought. And there's going to be trouble 
whether you like it or not, there's going to be resistance. Order and chaos is the, the way the universe uh, operates, and it's called love, support and challenge. There's going to be support and challenge in your life no matter what you do, whether you take the worst job on earth or the best job on earth. And so it's pretty important to say, why don't I do what I love? If I'm going to be supported and challenged, I might as well do the thing I love while I'm being supported and challenged. And so it becomes kind of like a duh factor that I would really want to know what I want, really want to know what I want. What do I want? What's my vision? What's my vision? Well, not somebody else's, not a collaborated vision with my spouse or my parents or my children. My vision. What do I want? What do I want to do? What, how do I want to serve the world? What do I want to get for it? What do I want to give? Where can I give with absolute genius and expertise? And where, where, what do I want in return for that? And to know what we want and know what we want to give and what we want to get in all the areas of life is called a vision. And that's really, really important stuff. Really, really important stuff because you're going to be supported and challenged. And if you're doing something that you don't love, and you get challenged, you're gonna wish you didn't do it. And that's just not okay because most of success, it comes from supreme and undying commitment to a single thing that you do no matter what. The last one in the series, which is the daily back on track power hour, and it takes a month to learn all this, so don't be hard on yourself if you're listening to this and you don't get it all. It's the 30-day challenge, and it's a massive piece body of work, but it's a once-off. You learn it once, you do it. The last one is self-talk. Now, this is different to affirmation. Affirmation is how we manifest, and that I'll cover that in a different uh, podcast. But self-talk is the dialogue we have with ourselves, and the dialogue we have with ourselves is, for the best part, called spiritual, called therapy, called counseling, it's called coaching, it's called self-coaching, it's called um, uh, success, it's called, uh, the dialogue we have with ourselves goes on 24-7. And very often we are so poor in that dialogue with ourselves that we become addicted to another person who tells us what we don't tell ourselves. For example, someone might say, you're beautiful, and you go, oh, I love to hear that from you, and you become addicted to the person who says, you're beautiful. But really, the ideal thing would be to say, when someone says you're beautiful, for you to say, I know. <laughs> I know that flies in the face of what a lot of people think, but we beat ourselves up mercilessly. Nobody treats us worse than we treat ourselves. Nobody treats us worse than we treat ourselves, and no one can treat us better than we treat ourselves. So can you see that self-talk becomes the turning point, the turning point? between distress, between failure, between laziness, between weakness and strength, success, abundance and achievement. You can see that self-talk is the turning point and learning how to do this self-talk on a daily basis saves you a lot of fatigue and brings you home in a really, really cool space. You know, they used to talk about work-life balance back in the old days, work-life balance. What it meant was, Work like an idiot until you burn yourself to the cinders every single day. Walk in the front door, tell the family how hard you worked for, for all their school fees and all their lunches and all their things. Tell them how much sacrifice you gave during the day and then have them run around and treat you like a king or a queen 
uh, while you and put your slippers on you and sit by the fire while they served you dinner and stroked your back and gave you a, a, a blowjob and put you to bed or, or a head job or whatever it is and put you to bed so you could sleep all night with a beer in your belly and wake up in the morning grumbling that you've got to go to work and serve the family and make the family feel guilty before you left to work because it's so hard. Now that was once upon a time the standard paradigm of how families worked. It's no longer the paradigm. You walk in the front door and your spouse will be staring at you in the face saying, I've got things to talk about. I want to spend time with you. I want to be in your presence. And the kids will jump up and down and saying, mummy, 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 or daddy, 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 I want, I want to show you something. Look what I did at school today. Look what I did at kinder. Look what I did in my life. Look what I'm learning. Look what I'm playing with. Look what I'm learning. You go, oh, for Christ's sake, I'm exhausted from a day's work. No, it's wow, I am ready to give you my undivided 1000% attention because I'm coming in the door, evolved from the day, turning up. I have more energy when I get home from work than when I left within the morning and therefore I'm more available and therefore you do not have to become del delinquent. You do not have to become an emotional wreck. You do not have to become a uh, withdrawn, depressed child with uh, different problems in their life to get my attention. I give it to you voluntarily because guess what? I walk home and I've done the back on track process all day and I'm here as a parent 100% switched on, 100% turned up and now you know the motive for inner wealth developing the back on track process. It's for the future of humanity and our children so they don't have to become addicted they don't have to have sicknesses. They don't have to have dis, um, dysfunctional uh, school lives. They don't have to have um, sexually driven relationships with other people. They don't have to go to drugs. They don't have to immerse themselves in internet to feel like someone's giving them the attention they deserve. They have a parent. They have a real, real turned up everyday live wire on fire wanting to be with them parent who is not exhausted from work. The old work-life balance is a stinker. What we need to have is work-work balance so we come home balanced, so we turn up balanced, so we are balanced, so we're energetic at night so that, and in the morning and we're looking forward to going to work and we're looking forward to coming home and we're looking forward to being with the kids and they don't have to scream and shout and go into delinquency in order to get the attention they so deserve, which, by the way, they interpret as being love. This is Chris. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now.